Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. Thank you for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord.
Amen. If there is one this morning, we just need you to press one, and then uh, we'll go on and make our pastoral observations. Amen. All right. By that look, I see that there is no one. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Farrell. Amen. Um, just in observations, want to remind you that on next Sunday, um, all over the nation, we will be commemorating the life, the legacy of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and there's so much going on in the city. Uh, find yourself tuned in to something on TV if you don't feel comfortable going anywhere. Um, but make sure you pay homage to a man that gave his life that we may have some rights in this United States of America. Um, so at Vancouver Avenue next Sunday at 2 o'clock, um, the uh, 19th Annual Drum Major will go on Dr. Mark Knutson, who is the pastor of the Augustana um, Lutheran Church, which is located right on the corner of 15th and Knox, will be the guest speaker. Uh, for those of you that didn't know um, the, the work that Dr. Knutson did, he was the one responsible for the measure that just passed with controlling how many um, um, magazines can be sold and be one person can have in a gun. So he is pushing this gun measure here in Oregon, and he got that measure on the ballot, and it did pass. Come on. So there are still people in our midst that are doing that work that needs to be done. So he will be the guest speaker at Vancouver Avenue on next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Um, and Pastor Hennessy said it's only going to be an hour. If you've ever been to one of those drum majors, Sister Vicki, where are you at? If you've ever been to any one of those drum majors, you know that we are there for like three to four hours. She said six. Well, when Brother Burrell was alive, yes, because we had the choir. Amen. And so um, just this year it's been cut down to an hour. Last year it was all virtual. And so this year they're opening up to the community, but it will be an hour, and they are asking that you do wear masks and that you practice social distancing. Also at 4 o'clock p.m. at the Allen Temple CME Church on Sunday, um, the Albina Ministerial Alliance will be hosting their annual Martin Luther King Day celebration. Their guest speaker will be Dr. Brian Johnson, the president of Warner Pacific University. And so if you are out and about and you want to attend, feel free. And then on Monday um, at, I think it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock a.m., the scanner, Brother Jerry Foster, you all know Brother Jerry, right? He's one of our own. Uh, they are hosting their annual breakfast. And if you are interested in going, call me and let me know. We can get some free tickets, but only if you are interested in going. Amen. Um, then after that um, breakfast at Highland Christian Center, they, the, um, I, the, I have a dream foundation, the dream foundation brother Ken Berry will be doing his annual Martin Luther King celebration, and they have said that their program this year will only be three hours versus the 10 hours <laughs> that they normally have. And they have uh, their guests coming from Seattle, Washington, um, Greater Works, 
um, will be closing in their celebration. So that's next Sunday and next Monday, the 15th and the 16th. And then for here at home on the 29th, we will have our first church workshop. Amen? Our first church workshop. Our ministry leaders have been meeting. They have been reading the book entitled A Five-Star Church. And we're going to come together to teach and to share what we have been learning to help us do exactly what today's lesson is all about. Amen? Look at how God is just giving us everything we need. He's just calling it all together, making it a beautiful package for us that we may do the work that he has commissioned and called us to do. I just want to quickly give you the rundown for February because I don't, I don't, I don't want you all to show up and say, I didn't know. Amen? Black History Month, and we know that black history is every month. Amen? Because if it wasn't for some of the inventions that black folks have done, there would be a, a lack of, of, of usage within people's everyday lives. For example, the elevator, the, the stoplight, open heart surgery. Come on, some, some hair products. <laughs> Come on, stuff we use every day if it hadn't been for us. Taking out the time to use the God, yes, the iron, amen, to use those God-given talents and skills. There would be a lot of wrinkle clothes, a lot of nappy hair. Come on. A lot of folks died because they couldn't have the surgery to, to, to work, make their hearts work. And so we're going to honor and salute, and we're going to do something a little different this year. Um, we are going to, on the first Sunday, we are going to dress in African attire. So come decked out in your African attire. On the second Sunday, we're going to do red, black, and green. Amen. I do understand that that's the weekend of Valentine's Day, but that's okay. We're still going to wear our red, black, and green. Amen. On the third Sunday, we're going to wear our HBCU swag. Well, what is HBCU? It's a historical black college. So we have so many in the United States, and they need some attention right now. They need some attention, and our children need to know that they can leave home and go to school and see folks that look like them being their professors, being their advisors, being their deans, being the provost, being the president of the college where they get their education. And so we're going to um, dress. You can come in your... Just don't do the human, Brother Pharaoh. <laughs> human really wasn't a real black college. <laughs> don't tell Alicia I said that because human is her favorite HBCU. Um, but there's Grambling, there's Spelman, there's Howard, there's what, what else is it? Huh? Clark, Morehouse. Any anybody know any other ones? Bowie, Xavier, Howard, I think I said that one. So so there is some, so you can find you some iron-ons or go Google and find out what their school colors were. You know, do something to represent a black college, amen? And we're going to make sure that we talk about these black colleges and we have some stuff around so that we can share the information with our young people, Amen. And then on the fourth Sunday, we will be having our annual Old Landmark Day. Amen. 
That is when you come dressed in your coat coveralls, men, and women, you have on your bonnets and your aprons, amen? And some of us have some very beautiful costumes that we had made and we purchased. And so you say, well, I don't have any of that. Put on your jean skirt, your socks, and your boots. Come on, amen? Let's just come together and have worship. I was sharing um, last night with Lady Brown that I still want us to, to do the things that we are accustomed to doing, but we have to do them in a new way. We have to protect each other. Um, that the COVID is still real. It is still alive. The flu is still real. And then the, the, the other one, the Abercrom, is that what they call it? RSV is, is here. Um, and so we, we have to protect each other. So we are going to have old landmark day, but it will not look like the old landmark days of the past. Okay. And so I'm going to get with Mother Gloria, Mother Harris, Mother Kimmins, Mother Mays, and Mother Tucker. We're going to have a conversation, and then I will be back with you all with some detailed information on the fourth Sunday. So I need you to do this. I need you to be praying, God, give me a yes for whatever it is I'm going to be asked to do. Can you say that? God, give me a yes. For whatever it is, I'm going to be asked to do. Amen. That's it. Let's just say yes. Amen. Don't look at us sideways. Don't look at us upside our head like we're crazy. Just say yes. Amen. Because we're going to have a good time, amen, in the Lord. And that is on the 26th of February. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go and have a good time in the month of February. Our ministry leaders met on yesterday to plan out the year, and we've got some wonderful things in store for us, amen, this year. So come on and put your hands together for our ministry leaders and the work that they are doing. Let me call your attention to Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Sunday school lesson, it's on page 214. If you have your Sunday school book, it's 214. If you uh, don't have a Sunday school book and you're at home with us or you're here in the sanctuary, we're going to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. Our lesson today is entitled, Proclaiming Christ. Our lesson today is entitled, Proclaiming Christ. Uh, there's some books on the back pew underneath where Sister Vicki is in a box. For those of you that don't have a book and you need a book, there are some available. We're on page 214. Amen. It, it's, the, it's not the purple book. It's the brown book. Amen. Are there any more in there? Okay. All right. All right. Well, somebody sitting there can share with you. Amen. 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 It, it's just for your, your keeping. It's for you to study during the week. Amen. Because the Lord gives me different things that you won't see in the written text. Amen. And that's what's so good about God is that when we get in his word, he'll show us stuff that the writer didn't see. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your joy. 
We thank you for your peace, and we thank you, God, for giving us a desire to get closer to you and to know more about you and to get a better understanding of who you are in our lives. God, as we look to this lesson today, open up our ears and our eyes that we may see, may hear, and then gain knowledge and understanding of what it is you would have for us, your people, as we study this letter written from Paul um, to the Church of Philippi. We thank you for his teaching. We thank you, God, because uh, as, as, as always, you had us in mind, and this lesson is for us today, January 8th. 2023, even though it was written so long ago, it is still applicable to our lives. And so, God, may we gain insight, may we gain knowledge, and then most of all, may we do what your word has commissioned and commanded us to do. I ask that you would give hearing to the hearer, give deuterous power to the doer, give us strength, give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to say before I get into this lesson, thank you for uh, the prayers of the righteous. I woke up this morning, and I had a pain in my back, and I was trying to keep my mind focused, and then stuff just kept hitting me, and I just couldn't get with it this morning. But the prayers, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will, will raise a standard and that he would remove the garment of heaviness, and give you the spirit of praise. And so I want you to know that I thank you for your prayers uh, this morning. And all the time, uh, things that we go through is not about us. Amen? And so I'm, I'm truly grateful to God that we are all here. What does the word proclaiming mean? Shout loudly. Tell the good news. Announce, proclaim, defend. In this lesson today, we will hear and we will see some things that are very um, familiar to us. Nothing that we are about to hear or see is uncommon to us. I need you to write down these three words, four words. Thank you, Lord. Community. What's our saying about community? A church without a community and a community without a church is unacceptable. So we know what that is, right? The next word I want you to write down is discipleship. What does it mean to, to, do, to, to, to discipleship? What, is, what does that mean? Bring others to Christ. Okay. What else? Because sometimes you try to bring them, but they don't come. And sometimes knowing us, we get discouraged and we stop. So what does discipleship really mean? What does it really look like? Come on, y'all. This is a Sunday school lesson. Yes, I'm preaching, but if you don't talk back, I don't know you're learning. What is discipleship? I can't hear. A follower of Jesus. That's a disciple. Okay? And we are commissioned in the book of Matthew to go out and make disciples of all men, teaching them to observe the commandments of the Lord. 
for you. It's not just in what I say, but it's in what I do. Remember talking cheap. Remember actions speak louder than words. And so it is our job as a part of the church and as a part of the community to model the Christ-centeredness of Christ. I must model Christ. Christ. If I don't know anything about Christ, I must study his word. So let me tell you something about Christ. He's good. He's kind. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. He is forbearing. He is patient. He is loving. He is gentle. That's Christ. He is bigger than any problem you may have. He can take on the hardest problems that you and I will ever face. Because he has been there and he has done that. None of us have been crucified on a cross. None of us has been put in a grave. And none of us have gotten up out of a grave. So he is all powerful. He is all knowing. He is all, if anybody here knows anything about Christ, y'all don't need to be saying amen. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. The next thing is prayer. Now, if you don't know anything about Greater St. Peter, and you got here at 11.15, you don't know nothing about prayer. Because these sisters went in at 11.15. And it was not talking about Betty Crocker. It wasn't talking about some Matt Lipstick or the newest fashion of Nike or Michael Kors or Coach. It was provoking the presence of the Lord and welcoming the Spirit of God in this place. Every Tuesday, every Thursday night, every first Wednesday of the month, we gather together for prayer. Why is prayer so important? Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes situations and circumstances. If you don't learn nothing from being connected to this ministry, you will leave knowing how to pray. And if you don't, it ain't my fault. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. If you don't learn how to pray. That, that, that's one thing that I'm passionate about, that I'm motivated to see that people increase in their prayer life. And if you increase in your prayer life, you'll have no other choice but to increase in your study of the Word of God. And if you study the Word of God and have increased in your prayer life, increased in your study of the Word of God, you'll have increased in your model of the 
discipleship. That's what it's all about. And that's what Paul was saying here in Philippians chapter 1. Now, I, I want to take us back to the first verse. Our writer today starts off at verse 15. But I want you to see something in verse 1. Let me give you a little background. You know the life of Paul. How long have we been studying about Paul? A while. So tell me something you know about Paul. Quickly. Uh-huh. A persecutor of Christians. When his name was what? Saul. Okay. So he had a Damascus role experience. And the Holy Ghost struck him blind. He was, he was on a war path to make sure that nobody knew about Christ. He wanted to make sure that nobody heard the good news of Jesus Christ. So he was persecuting them. He was stoning them to death, making sure they got thrown in jail. But oh, one day, one day, anybody in here ever experienced a one day experience? I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once a wretch undone, what you fit to live and what you fit to die. But oh, one day, Jesus came away. Jesus came away. He changed the life of Paul to Paul. What else do you know about him? He was a writer. He wrote over one third of the New Testament. And he wrote the New Testament, not to just um, the leaders of the church. As we see in this letter, this letter was written to the pastors, the deacons, and all of the Christians. Okay? So he just didn't write to the leaders. He just didn't write to, to, to the pastors and the deacons. He wrote to the common James and the common Joe of the church. We are, we are included in that. We are included in that. He wrote, this Philippians was written to that church, the church of Philippi. What else do we know about Paul? He was a disciple. What else do we know about Paul? He was put in prison. Not once. Not twice. A felon. He, oh, my God. He, what we're going to see is, is Paul was in jail being charged for a crime he didn't even commit. But can you imagine going through that type of situation? Being, being up in front of a judge and a jury who has your life in your hands. I just want to pause and say thank y'all for praying for my son. Because I I wasn't fair, but I was on the outside looking in, and it wasn't a good feeling. And here Paul has been been charged with a crime he did not do, and we know that he he had to deal with Felix, he had to deal with Agrippa, and he was like, enough of y'all with this foolishness, send me to Jesus. Because y'all don't even know me. Don't know nothing about me, yet you want to try to persecute me. Send me to Caesar. So here we find 
Paul in prison writing this letter. Verse 2, and I'm reading from the, the um, I got my Dr. O.B. Williams Bible today. This is the Living Bible. Verse 2, look at how he starts this letter. Now remember where he's at. Prison, house arrest. I was watching TV the other day, and a young boy had an ankle bracelet on. And the, 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 the parole officer told him, don't take it off. If you take it off, I'm coming to get you. You cannot leave the house. You cannot leave the front yard. You cannot leave the backyard. You have to stay near the monitor. Okay? House arrest. Paul was under house arrest. Okay? But we know that Paul had some favor, okay, because we find that even though he was in, under arrest, uh, he had some companions with him. Uh, now, what prisoner do you know have companions with him? Okay? So we know that he had some favor on his life. So verse 2, he, now remember, he's in prison. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody here been in jail? Don't don't raise your hand. But I'm quite sure it's a lonely place. I'm quite sure it's not a place that everybody's happy. I'm sure it's a place of doom and gloom. But look at how he starts his letter from prison to the church. He says, May God bless you all. Yes, I pray that God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will give each of you his fullest blessing and his peace in your heart and in your life. All my prayers for you are full of praise to God. When I pray for you, my heart is full of joy. This man is in jail. He's in prison. But he's writing to some free folks. Folks that can get up when they want to, go to sleep when they want to, eat what they want to, go outside when they want to, go to the bathroom without somebody watching them. He's writing a letter to some free folks. And look at what he says. He says, all of my prayers for you are full of God's praise. When I pray for you, my heart is full of joy because of all your wonderful help in making known the good news of Christ. From the time you first heard it until now. Pastor, why did you take us to verse 2, verse 1, and the lesson took us to verse 15? Because I, I want you to hear this. Regardless of what you're going through, you still need to have joy. And that's a fact. I don't understand people that wake up every morning and, and, and everything hurts. And then when you talk to them in the afternoon, everything still hurts. And then when you talk to them late in the nighttime, everything still hurts. When did you ever tap into your joy? Okay, so, so this, 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 is, this is what we see here. Um, we cannot be narcissistic. 
We cannot always have all the attention on us. That's what this lesson is telling us. Um, that, that what you're going through is not always about you. I tell us all the time that your somebody's deliverance is locked up in your Lord. I tell us that all the time. The other thing is we cannot be, um, let me see, have biases. The, the, the Sunday school lesson gave us a big word, but partisanship. Okay, partisanship. We cannot have prejudice in favor of a particular cause. We cannot have biases. We cannot be prejudiced in favor of or against one thing or a person or a group of people. We are living in the last days, and Jesus Christ died for all. And who are we to say, because you don't look like me, you don't smell like me, you didn't come from where I came from, you don't walk like I walk, you don't walk like I look, who are we to say that you cannot have a piece of Jesus? Jesus is for all of us. He's for all of us. So let me quickly, let me quickly, because I'm trying to stay on my time schedule. I want to share a few things that I gleaned from this lesson. Verse 19, it uses the word this. Let me tell you, I don't know what your this is today. I don't know what your this is today. But what I want you to know is you cannot control the this. The only thing that you have control over is the response to the this. The devil is on his job. He knows his assignment. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the number one thing he wants is your joy. Because if he can get your joy, then you can go and have a pity party all day long. If he can get your joy, you'll walk around and you'll always see all the negative in everybody else. If he can steal your joy, you'll never see the good in anybody else. So I don't know what your this is today. But whatever it is, baby, you need to know you can't control it. The only thing you have control over is your response to the this. Now, let me tell you. Can I tell you what you need to do? David said it was in my affliction that I learned how to praise him, that I learned how to trust him, that I learned how to magnify him, that I learned how to lift you up, that I learned how to give you glory and honor. In the this, what are you doing? In the this, what are you doing? God wants us to have boldness. Thanks to God. Paul had boldness. There was a boldness about Paul. When you read this lesson, he'll talk about the boldness that he had. Somebody in here might be saying, well, how do I get the boldness? How do I get confidence? How do I get courage? How do I have conviction in what I'm going through is not going to kill me. It's not going to take me out. But it's going to make me better and not bitter. It's going to make me stronger and make me wiser. Rehearse. 
rehearse your big God. Psalm 34 says, I will uh, magnify the Lord. I will exalt his name. I will give him praise. You ought to rehearse your big God. God is bigger than all of our problems. Bigger than all of our troubles, bigger than all of our circumstances. Rehearse our big God. Quit telling God about your troubles. Tell your troubles about your God. Hallelujah. That's how you're going to get boldness. That's how we're going to get boldness. It's not just going to come because we, we come to church week after week. You got to put some time in away from being in the midst of the thing. So you've got to rehearse your big God. The next thing that I saw in this lesson is that this, again, is not about you. I, I, I can't. So, um, what Paul did in verses 20 through 24, and I'm just about done, is he viewed himself. Paul viewed himself. As he was going through his sin, he was in prison, he was shipwrecked, he'd been bit by a snake, people wanted to kill him, they kept throwing him in jail. So he was going through from this. So don't just think because you went through it once, you ain't going to go through something else. Because they're going to keep coming. The trials of our, our faith make us stronger. James said, kind of not strange when you fall into dire temptation. Why you think, don't, don't think you look all that good that you're not supposed to have some trouble. But you better do like my, my, my friend Hezekiah, I think it was Hezekiah. Trouble don't last all the way. You better get that in your spirit. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So Paul had to take a view of himself. Think about it. Some of us have had cancer, COVID. Um, we've been in abusive relationships. We've been addicted to drugs. We were in, in prison in our mind. We were struggling with, with wayward children. But God brought us through. He made us the head and not the tail. He made us the lender and not the bar. He put us above and not beneath. He, he gave us what we needed to triumph. He gave us wings that we could soar like an eagle. He gave us strength that we can wait patiently on him. You need to view yourself. Don't look like what I've been through. I may not be what I ought to be, but thank God. I'm not what I used to be. And then Paul had to view his child. Surrounded by prisoners. I do got Timothy, and every now and then I got 
situation, your this, I know it looks bad. Don't nobody understand. Don't nobody know what to say to help you with this. Don't nobody, ain't nobody experienced the this that you are experiencing. Because everybody's trial is a different situation. Everybody's marriage is different. Everybody's child is different. Everybody's job is different. Just because I'm going through on my job and you've been through on your job, the circumstances is different. Where we work, we, we deal with some folks that walk around and they, they throw around Christ-centeredness like it's free um, tacos or something. But they don't function in that lifestyle. Maybe your job, it, it, it was something totally different. Each of us go through. Look at your challenge. View your challenge. And know that it didn't come to kill you. It didn't come to, it did come with an assignment. I'm going to take Gloria out. I'm going to take Ray out. I'm going to take Selma out. I'm going to take James out. I am. That's my assignment. Now, I'm not going empty-handed. But I'm going with barrels loaded. You remember Job? Devil killed his children. His livestock, his servants, blew down his house, blew down his barns, blew down the houses that his children lived in. But Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? So view your challenge. View yourself. View your challenge. And then view Christ. He's greater. He's stronger. He's wiser. He can do all things. Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing's too hard for God. Paul said something in this lesson. <laughs> he said, I, 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 I would, for me to live is, is Christ to gain, but if I die, it's okay because I gain then. But since I'm here, I might as well do all I can that Christ may gain. My question to you today, you have been left here in 2023. What you going to do with your time? Are you going to continue to murmur and complain about your aches and your pains? That you, that you got uh, less money than you do days in the month? Are you going to murmur and complain because this one don't like you and that one don't like you and this one talk about you and that one talk about you and this one looks at you funny and that one looks at you crazy? Is that going to be your focus? With the time that you're here, you need to make an intentional intention to live for Christ and proclaim Christ. He left us here. For that reason, be motivated to share Christ. Be motivated 
to share Christ. Number two, don't let your circumstances or people steal your joy. Number three, rehearse your big God. I'm done. Be motivated to share Christ. And don't let your circumstances and people steal your joy. And rehearse your big God. We're standing all over the sanctuary. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you today for being a big God, for being a God that causes us to triumph, for being a God that loves us so much that we don't even look like what we've been through. Some of us have been through hell for years and years, but God, you allowed your glory to rest on us, God. You allowed allowed your anointing, God, to fill us in those places that were broken, those places that were bruised and hurt, you healed us. You delivered us. And God, we shout for victory today. We give you the praise today. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we just bless you for being so good, so wonderful, and so kind. And as we go through this community, let us know that it is our responsibility to pray for each other, and to make disciples of all men. And now, God, I bless you as we leave this place. I pray, God, the prayer of Philippians 1 and 2 and 3 over everyone in this place, over everyone that hears my voice, whether they're at home, here in this city, in Georgia, in Carolina, in Spokane, California, Nevada, Colorado, Arkansas, Texas, wherever they're listening at today through Pop Talk, I pray Philippians 1, 2, and 3 over their lives. Let the fullness of our great God fill their hearts and their minds that they may continue to reverse the goodness of you. Clap your hands in the sanctuary. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. And now with the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us, peace now and forevermore. What I say to one, I say to all, watch, pray, and proclaim Christ. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Let me hear the worship Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. It's true. 
praise. It's to our God. Y'all know how we do it. Take it up and praise. It's to our God. Every word of worship. There's one of call. Come on, say every praise. Every praise. It's to our God. Every praise, 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 every praise